Welcome to Decrypt, Asia's first blockchain and cryptocurrency podcast. I'm your host, Tushar. Each week, we take a deep dive into the Asian blockchain scene with investors, technologists, and industry insiders. Go to decrypt.asia to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram to join in the discussions. Hi, Roger. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey. Hi, Tushar. Thank you for having me here. Before we jump into what Neo Global Capital or NGC has been up to, uh, could you give us a quick introduction and talk a little bit about your background? Sure, sure. My, my name is Roger Lim. Uh, I'm entrepreneur by background. I founded a uh, data center business called Web Visions in Singapore, uh, which was a managed hosting services provider. Um, sold the business in 2008 to a private equity group. And then, you know, I got into venture capital and angel investing. Um, and one of my earlier projects uh, was uh, NShares, which is NEO. Um, and that was, that was how I got into investing in, in blockchain and uh, cryptocurrencies with uh, NGC. Okay, I think, I think that's a pretty interesting, I think you mentioned a couple of things. You were an entrepreneur, you've been a VC and an angel investor. And then you kind of talked about your uh, transition into the cryptocurrency and blockchain ecosystem. So what we can do in this interview is talk about NGC a little bit, your investment approach personally uh, from your VC and angel investing days and also in the crypto ecosystem. Um, and then we can talk about the broader <coughs> ecosystem, the broader blockchain and crypto ecosystem in general and what your views are. So let's, yeah. So let's, let's start with NGC. So NGC is one of the biggest and uh, most successful crypto funds out there. How did it exactly come about? You mentioned that you were an earlier investor in Anshares, which we now as, know as Neo. Yeah. But how did the fund come about? Yeah, so, you know, I think in 2014 and 2015, uh, you know, I was investing in, in ICOs like Anshares. Um, and then, you know, had a had a two good years, uh, 15, 2016, and obviously 2017, uh, really great returns. Um, but then, you know, I began to, to see that the market was, you know, needed to become more institutionalized. Uh, so I kind of got together with, with uh, another friend, Tony, who, who runs a, a fairly large hedge fund in, in China. Uh, who also co-invested in NHS with me. And we, we decided to, hey, you know, we, we need to start our own uh, uh, venture fund doing this. So um, we, we got in touch with uh, Downfei of NEO. And, and, you know, sometime in 2017, I think it's like July, August. And it, it took a couple of months, but, uh, you know, eventually... Uh, we have uh, four founding partners and, and a team of about uh, um, uh, seven or eight uh, analysts and investment managers today. So <clears throat> we manage two funds today. Uh, we have an NGC Fund One, which is a fund that invests primarily in blockchain projects for profit uh, that focus primarily on infrastructure projects. Um, you know, projects that we have invested in include, uh, you know, in Singapore, we, we have Zilliqa and Brazil. Uh, in the U.S., we invested in Oasis, Certic, Mainframe, 
and a couple of uh, Chinese projects, um, KuCoin, uh, you know, uh, Multivac, and, and so on and so forth. Um, that's fun one. We have a, a separate uh, Neo ecosystem fund. This is a fund that uh, invests, uh, or rather helps Neo invest uh, in blockchain projects to further advance uh, the Neo's ecosystem. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, so that's uh, effectively Neo, uh, NGC, sorry, uh, with Neo being our anchor LP. Uh, we have uh, you know very close relationship with them, um, yeah. Okay, uh, I mean that's interesting. So you, I mean, I was going to get to how the fund is structured and things like that, and a little bit more mm -hmm. about the fund. Um, but you already kind of went there. So you've got NGC Fund One, you've got Neo Ecosystem Fund, you've done some mm -hmm. uh, marquee investments like the ones uh, you mentioned. Um, do you have LPs beyond Neo as well, or is Neo Neo the anchor LP and and they're providing all the capital? Uh, for the Neo Ecosystem Fund, obviously, hundred percent of the funds um, uh, belong to Neo because effectively we are helping them spot uh, investments. We are helping them, you know, evaluate investments, and given our experience uh, and network and reach in in the space. But effectively, they, they are 100% LP and we kind of just help them manage uh, that bit. NGC Fund 1 is an uh, independent fund. However, you know, we, we, NEO is it's also the anchor LP. Um, but we do have a whole bunch of, uh, a bunch of smaller other um, LPs, uh, ourselves included. I think uh, it's important that, uh, you know, as GPs, we, we, we have a skin in the game. Um, so, you know, we, we, we do have a, a significant chunk of, of the, uh, uh, L, uh, you know, as LPs ourselves. Okay. Um, and in terms of the structure, is it structured more like a venture fund or is it more structured like a hedge fund? What's the time horizon like? Yeah, so I think for, for fund one, we, we started off as a kind of a fund of fund uh, or a hedge fund. So we have invested in... Um, other VC funds like Decrypt Capital, uh, for example, um, you know, we, 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 because the, most of the LPs uh, were primarily uh, uh, friends and families, we didn't have a very specific uh, timeline. Probably, I think we, we agreed on something like a five years fund. Um, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I think um, in the, in terms of, of how we invest, uh, the, Primarily, however, it works like a venture fund. Okay. Um, okay, that's interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, we've talked about some of the investments that you've made. Um, so you, you've invested in, you know, you mentioned infrastructural projects like Zilliqa. You've also invested <coughs> in some scaling solutions like Seller mm -hmm. and Scale. You've invested, you right. mentioned KuCoin earlier, which is an exchange and several other right. uh, infrastructural projects, as you mentioned. How do you think in terms of the overall portfolio construction? So more, more so on the fund one side. I think that's a great question. I think, you know, if you look at where the um, blockchain space is today, uh, you know, stretching all the way back to 2017, you know, it's very obviously you had the, the gen one type of blockchain, right? Or gen two, um, depending on, where you want to start the generation. But you had technologies like Ethereum and Neo. Uh, and 
it, they were great showcase. They, they proved uh, their use case as payment solutions. You know, as uh, you know, as as uh, the technology being able to to apply smart contracts on top of it. But then, because they are nascent, they require they had problems with scaling. You know, and so on and so forth. So. Um, um, apart from that, there's also obviously a whole bunch of uh, you know infrastructure that needs to be built around this technology. So I think I think just looking from those two angles in a very simplistic manner, we, we therefore set out to invest in projects that uh, try and solve those problems or fit into that infrastructure. So exchanges are one example. Wallets are another example. Um, scaling solutions that can help projects that they're already on top of. Uh, Ethereum or, or Neo or what have you is another example. Investing also in 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 other aspects or uh, you know that can solve new generation technologies like Algorand and, and Oasis, Ozilica, uh, uh, you know, then is <clears throat> uh, another. Also, it's also another example of of investing in this you know, the specific blockchain ecosystem solving these Gen 1 problems, so to speak. Yep. And so, you know, you've done, you know, some more than 40 investments as far as I see on your, on your website. Is there, and th this question is more from both from a fund one perspective, but also from a Neo ecosystem fund. Some of our listeners might be entrepreneurs who might want to, you know, pitch to you at some point or get in touch with you. Is there any particular problem or any kind of, um, startup that you're on the lookout for uh, at this moment? Um, I, I, think, I think right now at, at this point in time, generally, uh, the space is looking for solutions that, that, that try and, and bring in uh, uh, adoption. Uh, I think that's, that's what's been popular, especially in Asia over the last uh, couple of months. Um, so, so yeah, we, we are, we are in, still in the lookout for infrastructure projects. At the same time, we are on the lookout for technologies that, uh, that, can, that can bridge the adoption gap in, into the traditional space, mainstream adoption. So, um, uh, you know, for projects that, that uh, for great projects, you know, happy to contact us, uh, you know, through the website. Um, there is, uh, you know, the, the, there's, there's a message uh, box there. You, you can uh, reach us there. Uh, happy to talk to you. I, I think that would be great. I think, you know, there would be definitely, I, I think, especially given our investor, uh, given our listeners, listener base and audience, I think there would definitely be some people who, who would be interested in getting touch. Um, in terms of your latest investments, so I know, uh, you know, things have been a little bit uh, quiet or things have cooled off a little bit uh, throughout 2018. Uh, but I see that you have done a couple of investments. I think if I'm not uh, wrong, more so on the equity side, uh, would you want to talk about some of your latest investments that you've done in the, in the recent uh, four or five months? Yeah, we, we, we have not only done um, uh, um, token investments, we have done equity investments. Obviously, the, the market's a bit um, uh, quiet at the moment, but... Uh, there are still good projects out there. Uh, you know, we, we, we made an announcement on, on KuCoin as an exchange that we invested, but we have also invested in a whole bunch of other uh, exchanges and, and platform infrastructure like uh, Republic and so on and so forth. 
Um, we are also looking at STU exchanges um, uh, like securitize and open finance and all, uh, and that whole category, uh, which we, we are we are talking to them. So so those those again are, are space we are keen. We are also uh, interested in, in uh, uh, you know lending platforms like uh, Bebel, uh, in which we 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 recently invested. Effectively allow you to store uh, and make um, you know uh, some interest on on your on your uh, uh, cryptocurrencies uh, as you store on them. Um, so I I think uh, I think those are the two which we have done very very recently uh, over the last uh, two or three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I was actually referring to the Babel investment when I asked that question. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, so in, yeah. In, in general, you know, at the fund level and as a fund manager, how do you in general deal with a market downturn like the current one? You know, because there might, some <coughs> of the listeners might be uh, retail investors and some retail investors who might have gotten uh, burnt as well, or they might have lost some money with this entire downturn, but more from a you know, professional finance perspective. Are there some suggestions that you would like to give to people, give to some of the people in the audience uh, that you think could be helpful um, for them? Yeah, sure. You know, having been investing in cryptocurrencies over the last couple of years, I think, you know, um, it's very normal for cryptocurrencies to have like, uh, you know, 90, 95% uh, type of... uh, uh, (laughs) You know, correction from right at the top. I think if you look at Bitcoin at twenty thousand right now, it's at like what three thousand six today. So that's like a huge or something like eighty percent or or what's uh, you know drop. Um, so it's very common. Um, but you know, f- I think for the retail investor, it's tough for me to give uh, financial advice because that you know because it's tough. But however, in in general, um, my view is that you know. Bitcoin is something that it's, it's, it's an investable asset class. Uh, it's an alternative form of asset class. Um, you know, it, it's limited. That's only 21 million Bitcoin that can ever exist. Um, and <clears throat> def- so therefore, it doesn't suffer from inflation. Um, so if everyone in the world wakes up tomorrow and decide they need to buy one Bitcoin, then, you know, Bitcoin prices could go uh, way, way north. So um, I, I think, uh, you know, if you're into Bitcoin or Ethereum or one of the top coins, I think, uh, uh, you know, um, yeah, you should, if you already have them, you should hold on because, you know, if, if you believe, if you and the that believe that Bitcoin is going to be a hundred thousand in a couple of years, then w- what is the difference buying Bitcoin in 2006 or 2000 or 1005? Now, I think alternate uh, uh, currencies and, and projects are more uh, riskier investments. Uh, you know, like like venture investments, they can die off because the projects might not uh, uh, survive. They run out of money. They uh, they don't do well. That whatever they're trying to solve doesn't, uh, you know, for all kinds of reasons doesn't work out. So they are more like venture, uh, even higher type of investments. So you you have to manage your portfolio that way. 
You mentioned venture investments and prior to crypto, you were already an angel investor and a VC like we talked about. Could you talk about some of the philosophies or lessons or mental models that you use <clears throat> from your angel investing or VC days that you're now using in crypto? I think it's very similar, right? When, when you look at uh, investing in projects, they're very, it's very similar to traditional investing. Uh, when we look at a project, we look at the team. I, I think the team is the most important factor. Um, especially considering that most of these projects have only white papers or, you know, uh, maybe you're lucky you get some kind of prototype or test net, right? So uh, we, look at a, we, we, look, we look at a team. Does the team have the right people involved? You know, does it have the right technology guy? Does it have the hustler and, and so on and so forth? We then look at the market space. What's, what kind of problem it's trying to, to solve? What, what kind of problem the project's trying to address? Then we look at uh, valuations. If it's a token investment, we look at the token economy and the matrix. Um, you know, so 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 stuff like that. I think in, not very different from traditional uh, angel investing. Um, the the only great thing about um, you know blockchain is that it's because it's decentralized, it's open, and it's nascent. It does give um, you the opportunity to invest in projects that um, you know. Otherwise, it would be a lot harder if it became more mature because the smart money would have poured in, the, the, the big VCs would have gone in, it'd be harder for you to get it. Yep, absolutely. So I, I want to end with your market outlook in general. You know, we've already touched <coughs> upon this a little bit in our interview. 2018 has been a hard year. Yep. We've talked about how, and you've been through, you know, one or two market cycles. So you know that, you know, crypto can be very volatile. What do you make of the overall market in general at the moment? And, you know, do you, do you foresee 2019 um, being quiet as well and things picking up perhaps in 2020, 2021? Yeah, I, I think in, if you looked at previous cycles, you know, and in general for any asset class, it just, it kind of needs to build that momentum to the next bull market, assuming it has bottom, right? So, so assuming we, we have seen Bitcoin bottoming, um, then, you know, uh, it's going to take a year or so um, be before we, we see any series, serious bull action. Um, so if, if Bitcoin has bottomed, then I would expect Bitcoin to be floating, you know, plus minus five, six thousand, uh, well, plus five thousand, maybe minus less. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so I think uh, it needs to build the energy, but th there is obviously quite a lot of, uh, uh, from what I understand, a lot of accumulation of Bitcoin, you know, on the OTC markets. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, so yeah, it, it's uh, you can see the accumulation going on. Yeah, I mean, I, and that's a good insight as well, right? Because a, a lot of the investors, again, especially on the retail side, um, it's 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 a very intransparent or opaque market for them, right? They, very difficult for them to figure out what's actually happening <clears throat> in the background. What's what are the OTC deals that are happening? So I think uh, that's a great insight. Before we end, is there anything that you would like to mention that we may not have talked about during the interview? Or if any? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the great things about uh, uh, Bitcoin investing, for example, it's, it's, it's a great store of value like gold, right? So, uh, you know, it's, but, you know, I think it's important that you treat it as another asset class, you know, don't, 
don't put all your wealth into this. It's a very risky, very highly volatile investment class. But uh, uh, but like like any investment classes, you diversify and and you know invest uh, smartly and, and good luck to you. All right. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Roger, for taking the time out. I know you're very Thank very you, busy. Tushar. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me, my friend. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram, and subscribe to our newsletter on Decrypt Asia. This is your host, Tushar. Thank you for listening.